Hi everyone and welcome to Deep in Tales. I'm your host Dr. Shadi Manicherry and today's episode is with the wonderful Dr. Maysoon who is a dentist practicing in Dubai currently. She did her training in the UK and in this episode we talk about her journey and all the ups and downs and all the requirements uh, that are needed to practice dentistry in the UAE and how she found um, the difference between practicing dentistry in the UK and in Dubai. It's a very, very interesting episode. And so without further ado, let's get into it. Hi, Dr. Melusin. Thank you so much for joining me today. How are you? I'm good, thank you. How are you, Shadi? Thanks for having me. I'm very well. I'm very excited for this episode because I think there's a lot of questions that are interesting for me to know as well as for the audience, because as we both know, there's been lots of questions coming in. But before we get into all of that, could you just tell us a little bit about yourself, what you do and how you got here, please? So um, I am a uh, family and cosmetic dentist. I was born and raised in the UAE, but I am ethnically Sudanese. Um, I moved to the UK when I was 18 to study at Manchester University. Um, And uh, after I graduated, I did my vocational training there and I worked for a few years in Manchester. And then I moved to London and I worked a few more years then, uh, a few more years there before moving um, back to Dubai. Yes, so I'm working in Dubai right now. Nice and nice and concise. It sounds very exciting. (laughs) Sounds very exciting. Yeah, so o- I- overall, I stayed. Um, overall, I lived twelve years in the UK. Yeah. Oh wow. Yeah. So, what happened? How did you decide suddenly to? Because I've I've heard about the opposite, where people live and train in the UK and then decide to move abroad for various reasons. Um, we had Victoria Wilson on the show, who is a therapist that worked there for for a long time before she moved back. So we had her perspective on doing it the other way around. But how did you decide to come from the UAE here and then to go back? Well, the reason why I chose to go to the UK is to study at university. I mean, even though there are dental schools here in the UAE, there's not that many. And I wouldn't rate them as high as I would rate universities or education abroad in the UK. I think the education you get from the UK is, um, in, you know, from my perspective, um, higher standard and also the experience you get after graduating. So vocational training, the experience you get working on patients, working under the NHS, um, seeing so many patients and learning from that clinically I think is second to none you have a you have uh, many graduates uh, from here you know dental students who graduate from the UAE don't may not have as much exposure I would say and it's very difficult to to get a job here after you graduate from university here because they they ask for experience and it's like Mm -hmm. well how do I get the experience I've just graduated so it's a it's a catch-22 situation. Mm-hmm. You need the experience to get the job, um, but you need the job to get the experience. Exactly. Yeah. Um, whilst in the UK, I felt is more like a smoother transition because everybody needs to do their vocational training and there are practices that cater for that, where you apply for that. And then afterwards, 
uh, even though you may not be able to get a really good job at a private practice, you can still work in a mixed practice and you get your experience from there before you then move on, etc. I see. Okay. Yeah, that makes sense because here I feel like we take it for granted that there is a system where you can sort of transition quite smoothly from the NHS to private dentistry. But I guess if people aren't exposed to that experience, it's very difficult to go straight out from uni and get the jobs that you sort of dream of getting in the future. So talk yeah. me through how how was it going from the UAE to the UK at the age of 18? Because I think <laughs> if you're a child, you adjust quicker. But as an 18 year old, you you already have your you know characteristics, you have a certain things that you're used to. And from what I've seen from UAE, it's a very different it's a very different lifestyle to the UK. So how was it for you transitioning from there to here? I mean, it is a completely different uh, lifestyle. Yes, I agree. However, um, we grew up going, um, you know, visiting the UK mm. during our summer holidays. Um, so I was very, very familiar, familiar with the UK. We've been going there since we were babies. Um, and also my older sister was already studying there at the time when I started university. So I felt like I had someone there mm. um, to help or to take care of me, etc., I wasn't scared. Um, and at the same time, both my brother and I um, went to uni at the same time, even though he's a year younger. It's just he did the American system. I did the British. So we ended up graduating at the same time from secondary school. And we, so we were, all three of us were there. And I was very, very excited. It was like a, an adventure for me, you know, away from your parents. <laughs> <laughs> so it was, it's a nice change. And you become independent and you learn how to just survive, not necessarily survive, but you learn how to um, fend on your own um, and kind of just get on with it. Um, and it's taught me a lot. I feel like it's one of the best things I've ever done. Mm. Um, I adjusted very well, except for the weather until now. I still don't like the cold. <laughs> <laughs> the weather is miserable. But other than that, I Especially didn't have in Manchester. Issues especially like it's raining different. all the time yeah but it's a really nice like it's a really nice city um it's great for students um i had lots of friends and everything was so close together accommodation uni supermarkets whatever it was um it was a nice place to to live and to study um so i didn't i didn't find it difficult even though sometimes i was homesick and i missed my parents and i missed yeah. the beach um, but I still, I enjoyed every bit of it. Yeah. What did you think of the difference between the people? Because I feel like generally in the Middle East, people, I don't know. I, I Obviously, I haven't lived in Dubai. I've visited it maybe once. Um, but the, what was the difference like between the people, for example, here and the UAE? Would you say Middle Eastern people are more warm and welcoming and here it was completely different? Um, no, not necessarily. I didn't feel that people were not warm or unwelcome in the UK, not at all. Um, everybody was really nice and friendly. I found them to be very curious um, in the sense that, especially in Manchester, I think it's different from London. London's more cosmopolitan. Mm -hmm. But in Manchester, it was, I wouldn't say unheard of, but they were very surprised. Oh, you came all the way from Dubai just to study? <laughs> they were so surprised and so shocked. Why would I do that? How could I leave home and move to another country? And there was a lot of confusion um, uh, with regards to where, where Dubai is. They thought Dubai was Saudi Arabia. 
Um, <laughs> and it sounds so strange for me to say this now because now it's completely yeah, different. Yeah, Everybody yeah. knows where Dubai is. But literally, yeah. people would say, "Dubai is that Saudi? Um, <laughs> did, did you do you go to did you go to school on a camel?" Um, on, <laughs> honest to God, even when I was oh doing my, my vocational God. training, I was being asked uh-huh. these questions. And then the wow. accent, like, what is your accent? Are you Scottish? <laughs> no. <laughs> Honestly, I got all sorts, all sorts of questions. People were very intrigued um, and very curious about why I'm there and where is Dubai and what is Dubai. I feel yeah. like now, like exactly like you said, now I feel like everyone knows where Dubai is and they just want to go there all the time. But it's changed so much, even in the last, what, 10, 15, 20 years. It's changed yeah. so much. So now they might know where it is and it might look very like exciting to visit exactly and a lot of people I I just feel like everyone I know during Christmas like during the Christmas break will go to Dubai whereas before it wasn't like that so yeah in terms of uh your education you said you did the British system so was it quite easy to come straight across or did you have to do any sort of conversion exams or anything like that so I did my GCE O levels and then I did my A levels. So yes, British system, like how you would in the UK. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, when I applied um, for university, um, just like in the UK, the teacher predicts what grades you might get. And then based on your grades, they decide whether you get a place or not. So I got offered a few places in the UK um, on the basis that I would get specific grades uh, mm-hmm. Uh, on my A-levels and then I did and I accepted Manchester um, due to the fact that it had an international airport (laughs) the airport was the airport was an important factor to choose Um, so yeah it was a smooth transition and I went straight into first year of dental school however if you did the American system so the American system is basically 12 years of school rather than 13 years of school Um, you can still apply to dental school I guess I'm not sure about dental school, actually. I shouldn't say that. I'm not sure. But my brother did the American system, but he didn't go to dental school. He did um, computer engineering. Um, But I heard with some people in dental school, if you did the American system, you could go to foundation year before Mm -hmm. the first year of dental school. So you do Mm -hmm. a year of science, and then you go to year one. I see. Okay. And and the application was through UCAS as... Exactly through UCAS, okay. yes. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Perfect. So, graduating dental school. Let's skip all the five years, and then afterwards, yeah. what was it like? How did you decide that now is the right time to move back to the UAE, or what was it like for you? What was the deciding factor that you were like, okay, I'm ready to move back now, or did you always know that I was going to do X number of years, and then once I have enough experience, I will move back? So when I graduated, I tried to look into how I could work in Dubai Mm -hmm. and what were the requirements. And at that time, the requirements were that you needed three years of clinical experience plus a postgraduate degree or five years of clinical experience without a postgrad degree. So in my mind, I thought, right, I've just graduated. I don't have any clinical experience, so I'm not not going to be going back home for at least another three years. So in my mind, I thought, right, I've got at least three more years in the UK. So I might as well just stay, enjoy, work and get all the experience. And I wasn't, I wasn't upset about that. I was okay with it. Um, and I enjoyed working in the UK. 
Um, and before I knew it, three years became eight years. Um, <laughs> and uh, after eight years, I guess, I don't know, it's just um, a gut feeling. I just decided that's it for me. Um, I want to go back home. Actually, my father had, uh, had passed away in um, 2011, um, February 2011. Um, he had cancer. He had had cancer for a long time. And when he passed away, I was in the UK and, you know, he went into coma. My mom, my mom rang me and she said, you need to get on a flight and come now because we don't know how long it's going to last. And literally I flew back home. And a few hours later, he passed away. So for me, that made me think, like, I didn't really spend that much time with him during the, <laughs> you look so sad. I'm I didn't quite, spend, I have two years. Uh, <laughs> I'm so sorry to hear that. <laughs> no, it's okay. Um, it made me realize that, I mean, that family is the most important thing. I mean, I've always known that family is the most important thing. But then when someone so close to you um, is gone, you, just, you then think, wow, like I didn't, I didn't see him. I didn't talk to him that much before he was gone. And then by the time I got there, he was already unconscious. So I couldn't even say anything to him. Like, I love you or um, just anything. I, I didn't get to speak to him or, or see him before he was gone. So that just made me think, you know what? I don't want, you know, my mother is still around. I want to be... Mm sort of nearby of course, before yeah. anything you know before anything happens to her and I really missed my siblings um so yeah 2014 I made the move I actually got on the plane on New Year's day it was the first day of January 2014 it was like a new beginning new a year new, new beginning, beginning. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> amazing and did you go yeah. straight to straight to work you applied for a job and you got the job straight away or what was it like so I tried to apply when I was in the UK, but it's so different here. You really need to be here. Um, you need to be more, I wouldn't say more aggressive, but more pushy here in the sense mm -hmm. that you need to just show up. Um, my emails were ignored. And then later I realized why, because there, all the clinics here are inundated with emails, inundated with CVs from doctors or dentists that want to move out here and work. So for them, I guess they don't have the time to sit through everybody and reply to everybody and say, you know, sorry, we're not interested or yes, we are, um, even though it was very frustrating for me. So then when I got here, you know, I took a couple of months just to settle and relax and just spend time with my family. And then I started becoming more active um, and I just drove around and almost demanded <laughs> <laughs> almost demanded almost. to have, uh, have meetings with the practice managers you know uh, respective practice managers and I guess when you show up and they see you and they see the way you talk and how confident you are and you come with your portfolio of work and you say you know I'm really interested to work here I'm a dentist from the UK yeah they gave me a chance and that's when I started getting interviews in a few places um, and then that's how I got a job yeah and is that the same job that you've been in for, since you've been there or have you changed it since then? No, unfortunately not, uh, even though it wasn't my choice. Uh, the place I'm working at now is my third job since okay. I moved there. 
yeah I feel like after you graduate like it's it's very normal at least in the UK to change jobs constantly it it's very rare I feel like I mean this might just be my experience from speaking to people I feel like everyone sees something as a stepping stone not necessarily just in our profession but in a lot of professions they feel like it's a continuous progress just to go from to the next thing so for for our profession for example it would be NHS and then mix and then you transition into a fully private practice and you almost change every few years so if anything that's a positive thing rather than a negative thing yes I think it depends on the situation so for example if if you're a very young dentist newly graduated um and you you just need a job you need to Mm. be somewhere to get the experience so sometimes you're when you're a fresh graduate, you might be more accepting of where you're working because you just need something yes. in your CV. Yeah. And then after you get a bit of experience, you then start to look elsewhere, maybe somewhere that you're more happy or somewhere or, you know, choose a team that's more in line with your ethos, uh, with your ethics um, and so on. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. So having worked in both systems now, I think you've had enough experience in both systems to know enough and, and to be able to tell the difference. What would you say is the, is are some of the major differences between dentistry here and there? I mean, I, I would imagine from an outsider, the cultural differences are quite big because, you know, in, in the Middle East, in the UAE, I feel like there's a lot of things to be mindful of, you know, things that are basically cultural differences of how you treat patients and how you word certain things. So what would you say are the major differences between practicing here and in Dubai? So in terms of the clinical aspect, private dentistry in the UK and private dentistry here, um, there's not much difference. The only difference I found when I, when I first moved out here is it, it wasn't as regulated here, not regulated as strictly, as in the UK. So in the UK, we're trained to write our medical notes very, very thoroughly. Like literally we're writing essays. I, I right? do that, I write essays. You know, like <laughs> you take radiographs, you need to, you need to rate the quality of the radiograph and then, and then you need to report it. Um, and you need to check the medical history every time the patient comes in. Yeah. Um, so it's very thorough, very detailed, very strict. When I moved out here, nobody was doing this. I was literally the only one in the practice. Uh, and I was thinking, what, how come this is not being checked? Like they would take radiographs and they wouldn't even write anything. Just took x-ray, full stop, for example, or put braces on, full stop. Where's, where's the diagnosis? Where's, where's, the to- where the t- where's the tooth charting? Where's the essay? Uh, where's the essay? And literally the nurses would be looking at me and I'd be typing away, after every patient and they're all like wow and and then <laughs> everybody started talking about it Maysoon is amazing at writing her notes everybody was trying to copy how I write my notes can we have a template can we use your template uh, so you know whenever someone new joined that would say go speak to Maysoon she knows everything about R4 she knows everything about how to write. <laughs> now it's different I would say so I've been here almost nine years in the last couple of you know two to three years the regulations have become more strict and when they do inspections, they check for these things, they check for consent, they check that we're doing the medical history, but before it wasn't really like that. Mm-hmm. Um, so I feel like it's getting much better um, when it comes to that. So that's one of the main differences, regulation. Mm-hmm. 
also the other thing is there isn't much of a litigation culture here. Okay. So the reason why in the UK, everyone's really scared. And maybe I shouldn't say this, but it's the truth. Mm. Everybody's scared. Everybody's writing their notes because yeah. it's a lot of defensive a, dentistry. Exactly. Yeah. You know, it's, they know that if a patient makes a complaint and the notes are not thorough, they'll be in trouble. Mm-hmm. Okay. Here, even though yes, patients can complain, it's not as often and not as common as in the UK. So the dentists are more relaxed, okay? Which is a good and a bad thing. It's a good thing because why would you want to be stressed all the time? I want to be able to work comfortably without having to feel anxious that someone might want to sue me. But at the same time, they can be so relaxed that there's nothing written down. So that's mm-hmm. not good either. I think mm-hmm. we need to re- you know, we need to reach a balance. Mm-hmm. And now that the regu- regulatory bodies are becoming more strict, I think this will change. Like literally, we had an inspection a month ago, and they did look at the notes, and they said this and this needs to be written down, and everything needs to be written down. And I was mm-hmm. thinking, wow, they've changed, which is yeah. good. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, in terms of culture and patience. It's very cosmopolitan here. You get patients from everywhere. You've got the Arabs, the Europeans, Africans, etc. So um, the only thing I would say is they're not as committed or regular here as in the UK, in the sense that in the sense that in the UK, especially under the NHS, you find your dentist, you're happy with them, you stick with them, you go for regular checkups every six months. Here, they like to shop around a bit more. You know, they might come to your clinic. They might like you and stay on. They might change their mind six months later. They'll, they'll shop for offers, especially if they want to do cosmetic treatment. You know, who's doing the cheaper whitening? Who's doing cheaper Invisalign? Oh, who's doing cheaper veneers? Um, the smart ones will look for quality over the price. Mm-hmm. But the ones that are not so aware and may not realize that quality may be compromised. We'll just go for the cheaper option. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, Also, Dubai is a very transient place in the sense that you get loads of expats, they come for a year or two, and then they leave. Mm -hmm. So then you might see those patients for a couple of years and then suddenly they disappear because they've moved back home. Mm -hmm. So there isn't that regular regular flow, I would say. Yeah, yeah. Which can be a good thing or a bad thing, I suppose. it's something I think Um, specialists see a lot of because I know um, friends and colleagues who didn't like the nature of, I mean, I personally, as being a general dentist, I love seeing my patients grow and I love seeing them regularly, but some people prefer to do a job and then move on to the next job as such. So I feel like friends who friends and colleagues who are specialists in particular in the hospital system, for example, prefer that kind of transient patient flow rather than a regular patient flow. So I guess it can be a positive or a negative depending on your preferences. Yeah, depending how you look at it. I mean, if if you keep saying this, if you stay in the same place and you keep saying the same, seeing the same patients, you get to see whether your work yeah. lasted, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. Was my work good enough? How many years did it last for? If something did go wrong or if something did fail and they left the country, you you, you won't know if they've left. But not everybody leaves. I'm just saying in general. Um, 
Um, sometimes patients are hesitant to say start orthodontic treatments to start Invisalign because they're worried. They might say, oh, I don't know if I'm going to be here after one year. What happens if I start treatment with you and then I move? What, what, what will happen? You know, mm -hmm. sometimes I get patients that ask me that question. Mm -hmm. um, they're worried that they'll start and then they might end up moving. Yeah. Et cetera. Yeah. Yeah. So in terms of, I know you, you mentioned you get a lot of colleagues reaching out to you asking for advice of how to transition. And I know from someone working in the UK, Dubai seems very glamorous and the type of dentistry seems exciting. And, you know, there's a lot of pros and uh, pros looking from an outsider's point of view. What would be your advice for, from someone who has worked in the UK and in Dubai? If people are asking you for advice, what would be your advice to them if they are considering moving out there? Um, so advice or like the, how to do it, like what, what do they need to do? What are the requirements Yeah, or I both? Think, a bit of both. I okay. think, I think requirements first as to what they actually need to okay. get down on paper and then what, yeah. what to do when they okay, get out. So in, <laughs> in terms of requirements, the best thing to do is to visit the DHA website. So DHA stands for Dental Health Authority which is the equivalent of the GDC in the UK. Okay. Okay, so on the website, they've got everything there, the rules, regulations, requirements, because sometimes they do change, the rules change. Um, so for example, like I said, in my time, you needed five years of clinical experience. But I think now, I think it's, they've cut it down to two years. This is just wow. an example. Yeah. So it, it's, it's worth checking the website for more up-to-date rules and regulations. However, on the website, um, there's a section where you need to apply for your license to practice here as a dentist. So you fill up the application form um, and the typical documents they require are um, your GDC certificate, certificate of good standing from the GDC, um, work experience letters for the past three years from your previous employers. Um, so if, you've, <laughs> if you had an employer and you didn't leave in good terms, that's not a good thing. So always try and leave in good terms because you'll yeah. need them. Um, uh, you know, passport copies, etc., things like that. Um, and again, at my time, during my time, I had to sit an exam and I had to, I needed to pass it in order to obtain my license. And thankfully I did. But nowadays, if you're a UK graduate, you don't need to sit an exam. Okay. But that's, that's only for the UK. Yeah, Americans, British, uh, Canadians, I think, don't need to sit an exam. But then other countries, you do. Um, so there's a list of the countries, um, again, on the website. So um, once you fill the application form and you're successful, you get a letter called eligibility letter. And this letter is basically your key to work in Dubai. Um, you don't get your license until you actually have a job offer, if that makes sense. Okay. So even yeah. though you've got this letter, the letter just mm. means you've passed, your documents were all clear and you, they've accepted you to work in this country, but you still need a job, okay? So once you get an offer letter from a clinic, you then need to upload it onto your application, onto your DHA application. And then that's when you get your actual DHA license, which mm -hmm. allows you to practice as a dentist. So that's one thing. Those are the requirements. Um, 
In terms of the years of experience, like I was saying that I think now it's just two years. Having said that, even though it's just two years, if you want to work in a really nice practice, you know, with high standards, good team, it's unlikely that they would offer you a job if you've only got two years of experience. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It's just reality. It's just the way it is. So if you're in the UK and you're still a fresh graduate and you're thinking of moving out here, I would say, wait, get more experience, have a nice portfolio of, you know, of your work before and after pictures, um, learn, go, go on as many courses as you can, and then try applying for jobs here. You're more likely to get a good job. Mm, um, yeah, exactly. Um, and what else? What else? Okay, so now the second part of the question about how it is. I mean, look, I know Dubai seems like a very glamorous place from the outside, but don't look at Instagram. Don't look at Instagram. Don't judge Dubai based on, yeah. you know, the, the, the type of cars people are driving and the yeah. houses and the beach and the pool and all that. Because in reality, that's not real life, yeah. if that makes sense. It seems glamorous and it can be glamorous. But don't just expect that you'll get a job here and you'll be rich and you'll be able to afford this kind of standard of living. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's just like in the UK. You know, not, not all dentists in the UK are rich. Yeah, unfortunately. <laughs> not, all the, not all the dentists have made it in life. Um, so it, it just, it really just depends on what kind of offer you, you have, how many years of experience you've got how many patients you get you, you're going to end up having because in order for you to earn well you need patience you need patience to do treatment on and dubai is a very very small city and it's saturated with dentists um, and you can imagine all those dentists are sharing the same pool of patients mm -hmm. um, so it's very very competitive it's very competitive yeah no, I, that's that's very helpful to get an insider's view, because I think from the outside, if you look at anything, it's just like social media culture. If you look at anything from the outside, everything can look quite glamorous. And you think if you move out to Dubai, you'll suddenly have this glamorous lifestyle and um, you'll start living the dream. I know there's documentaries on the BBC now about the playground of the rich and everything, which I've watched. And it's, it's quite interesting and entertaining. I haven't seen it, actually. It's, it's, you should watch it. It's really funny. It, now that you, I heard it's you know, bad. It's it's entertaining. I mean, to be honest, I watched a couple of episodes and I got a bit bored of it because I think it's very extravagant and I don't know. I think it's like Marmite. It can divide people. But for you, it would be interesting because then you can compare it to the reality of it and just see see just how accurate it is. Um, yeah. But exactly like you rightly said, like anything, you can be successful anywhere. I guess. Yeah. I guess the standard of living when I visited Dubai, what was really interesting for me was that the service industry was a lot nicer everything was a bit it cleaner is. like there's there's certain things that are minimum there that might not necessarily be the case everywhere else I mean I I, I grew up in Iran and the standard of living can be quite nice there as well and it's quite different you know um so I guess it's just about what you're used to and what kind of lifestyle you want to have and your goals and ambitions ambitions you have to just work hard everywhere you go um, yes and I think it's unrealistic and quite immature and naive to think that that's the lifestyle you're going to have straight away. Because I think if people go in, you know, go into something expecting this extravagant lifestyle straight away, you're only going to be disappointed. 
but if you have a plan and if you have a like a 10-year plan to to make it then then why not of course you can but as long as you don't yeah. have really high expectations for them to be let down I think that's the most important thing exactly you you you've hit the nail on the head there it's all about expectations and about adapting to a new environment new lifestyle new culture and you know you are starting from scratch if you move here you're a new dentist nobody knows who you are you have, if you don't you know you may not have friends from the beginning so you haven't got that network of people yeah. um so example i grew up here so when i moved here i i already knew some people so, oh yeah, my soon's a dentist. Oh, you know, they tell their friends, they tell their mm. family members. Oh, mm. I know a dentist. I went to school with her. Mm-hmm. She's back now from the UK, mm-hmm. etc. You know, for example, my mom with her friends, she tells her friends, my daughter's a dentist. You know, my sister, my brother. Um, yeah. So then you start, you know, building up a patient list. And it was very difficult for me from day one. It's not like I moved out here and I was busy. Not at all. Not at all. It wasn't like that at all. Um, but then I did have family support. Um, I didn't need to worry about paying rent. Yeah. I was living yeah. with my family for the first few months. Um, so this very important thing. And the other important thing for dentists who want to move out here is they need to ask them, themselves the question, why, you know, do they want to move out here because they want the glamorous life or do they fancy a change or are they just sick of the weather? Like really, <laughs> like you just, they, they need to, yeah. they need, and there was literally a dentist a few days ago who messaged me and, and, and asked and was asking me these questions. And he's like, what do you think? Should I do it or not? And I was like, it depends. Why, why are you considering it? Why do you want to move out here? I only moved out here because I moved back home. If you like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I wanted to be with my, with my family. Um, and I enjoy the lifestyle here and it's very, very, very safe for me, um, which is an important thing to consider uh, when you want to think about where you want to live, uh, even though, you know, I'm not saying crime doesn't happen here. It does, but it's so minimal because they just do not tolerate it. And for mm-hmm. me, that's an important factor. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. So ask yourself the question, why would you want to move? Yeah. And then if you decide you want to move, don't have very high expectations so that you're not or at least expect that you're going to have a transition period of even if exactly. you do want to have that glamorous lifestyle it's going to take me x number of years to get there so that you don't get disappointed and disheartened which is what I tend to do a lot in life I go in with really high expectations and if things don't happen yesterday I get upset and it's 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 demoralizing you know but I think having a mature constructive attitude to things is expecting that things are going to take time to work because you know exactly these aren't this isn't something easy that you're going to do to relocate completely Um, yeah so as long as you have realistic expectations and you're prepared um I think that's all you can do yeah right like even Dr. Appa someone like Appa who's so well known um all over the world before he opened his clinic here he used to work at another clinic. He used to come and visit from the U.S., work in another practice and see those patients. He kind of like tested the waters, if you like. Yeah. yeah. And then after that, he decided, you know what, I'm going to open my own place. Yeah. So, yeah. Even he had a 10-year plan. Even, <laughs> yeah, even he had a plan. <laughs> um, so, yeah. What Amazing. else? I think that's everything. I think we've covered most of the things I want to I want to cover. I think it's very helpful to have a realistic 
insight into what it's like because from from the outside we can look at Instagram and look at the lifestyle look at the cars look at the beach look at the weather and think that's what you're going to get as soon as you move out there so thank you so much for shedding a realistic eye and saying that it can be glamorous but it can also be a lot of hard work like anywhere else you're not going to suddenly move there and it's going to be rainbows and butterflies it's it takes a lot of hard work dedication and there's a lot of competition there um you know as there is a lot of competition yes and just actually, I wanted to add one more thing because it's one of the most common questions I get asked is about the pay and the money. You know, people tend to ask me, will I earn more in Dubai than in the UK? And it's a very difficult question to answer because, yeah. again, it, it depends. It depends on the offer that you get. It's not standardized. And it depends on how many patients you're going to be having. So the more patients you have, obviously, the more money you're going to make. Mm-hmm. Um, but in terms of payment structure, uh, it can vary. So you may be offered like a fixed salary mm-hmm. on a monthly basis, or you could be offered a very low fixed salary plus commission on top with a target. Mm-hmm. Okay. Or you could be offered just a commission on its own. Which is, I guess, what the UK system here in terms of a percentage. Yes. Yeah. And during my time when I was at the, in the UK, um, it was very typical that you would get 50% commission. Yes. But I think now it's different, right? In the UK, it's, it's more... It's, depending on the job, I think it changes. Okay. But there's a so range, a... I would say. I would say it's between, even depending on the place, I think it's between 20 and 50%, I would say. But Oh, wow. 20. Wow. It depends. Okay. Some, I think some of the corporates have ridiculous low um, percentages. But again, it's going back to, you know, what you want from the job and depending on the workplace. Again, in the UK, you can also have salaried jobs, of course, but it's more common yeah. for associate dentists to have a percentage. I would say common would be about 40. About 40%. Okay, yeah. so if you're working in a mixed practice or in an NHS practice in the UK and you're on commission alone, mm-hmm. you, you could earn a good living. Yeah. Okay, because there's always going to be patients walking through the door. It's the NHS. However, when you work in a private practice, I'm sure it's the same in the UK, um, here in Dubai, if you're offered just commission and you're, you're, you're new to the country and you're starting from scratch, mm-hmm. you will struggle. Yeah. And yeah. unless the practice guarantees that you'll be inundated with patients, you will struggle. Um, so commonly what they do here for new dentists, someone that's just moved out here, is they would offer a salary or they would offer a salary plus commission with a target Mm. and I think definitely if you want to move out here start with that like start with a salary if you can at least for the first year so you don't have to stress about money whilst you're getting settled in a new country Mm -hmm. that's really helpful that's really helpful because I think if depending on your circumstances and how busy you are and what kind of treatment you're doing one system can be better than the than the others but I guess exactly to start off with you're absolutely right the salary might be more um predictable um yeah as a starting because you'll have peace of mind and you yeah. when you rent you a can place plan. You, know what yeah. you can plan it exactly yeah. um exactly yeah makes sense amazing yeah. <laughs> thank you so much for joining me today Dr. Mason you're it's welcome Shadi my pleasure an- it's been such an insightful chat and I I because I know a lot of people ask this question because Dubai seems so glamorous and there's no tax and there's fancy cars and good weather. So to to have your input is really, really helpful. And I know a lot of people will find this episode very, very useful. So thank you so much. Most welcome, my pleasure, and thanks for having me. 
really hope you've enjoyed this episode and hopefully learned a few things. I know I certainly did. And as always, don't forget to let me know what you thought of this episode. You can reach out to me on Instagram at Dr. Shadi Manicherry. I always love hearing your responses. And if you have any requests for future podcast episodes, please let me know there. I do usually listen if there are specific requests that are quite popular. As always, there will be a new episode every week. So please don't forget to subscribe to the podcast to never miss an episode. And I can't wait to speak to you soon.